Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. I am so glad to continue in our 2022 theme, Every Word. Let's go ahead and together read our memory verse for the year. Let's do it. Ready? People do not live by bread alone, but by every word. That's right. Matthew. Matthew 4.4. 4. That's how we do it in kids' church. You, say, you recite the verse and then you say the scripture, right? Should we try it one more time? Let's do it together. Ready? People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Matthew 4, 4. Very good. In Espanol, la gente no vive solo de pan, sino de cada palabra que sale de la boca de Dios. Mateo 4, 4. Very good. And our goal and commitment this year is to read every word of God together in 2022. Now turn to somebody and tell them, I'm going to read every word of God together with you. Say contigo in 2022. Now turn to somebody else and say, Voy a leer cada palabra de Dios junto contigo en el 2022. You say, man, I, I missed the memo. Or maybe, maybe you're new to Encounter Church and, uh, and, and maybe this is your first time or you missed the memo. But starting on January 1st, we all started together to read the one-year Bible. Say the one-year Bible. The one-year Bible is a Bible reading plan that will take you through the whole Bible in a year, right? You can find it on the Bible app, but also out in the uh, lobby at the info bar, we have printed out the daily reading for you. So, I encourage you, if you didn't start on January 1st, that's okay. You can start on January 23rd. It's okay. You can Double up a few days and catch up with us or just be a few weeks behind. It doesn't matter. The point is that we read every word together this year. Amen? Another thing I want to really uh, encourage you with today is who wants to really grow in your walk with Jesus? Who wants to grow as a disciple of Jesus? So one of the main ways you can take it deeper, one of the main ways you can grow better here at Encounter Church is by getting connected and committed in a discipleship group. Actually, I would like everyone who leads a discipleship group right now, would you just stand up really quick and wave and make a scandal? All right, come on. All of these guys, stay, stay standing, wave. All right, everybody else, turn around and look, turn around and look, turn around and look, turn around and look. Stay, sta no, stay standing, stay standing. Don't sit down, don't sit down. Okay. Uh, if you're if you are leading a group or I, I've heard some are about to start a group if you're about to start a group yourself you could stand up to and wave anybody else we have a few uh, others that that may be leading groups but that may be serving in in some other places so this is the deal everybody see everybody if you're not yet connected and committed to a discipleship group go talk to one of these guys or one of these gals after service today and get connected cool thumbs up sit down all right very good So, you know, 
I don't just say I believe it, I can feel it. Just to review, sort of, you know, we started the year with lots of prayer and fasting and with uh, learning about prayer and fasting. And, and the word that the Lord gave us, you know, the word that the Lord really spoke to me at the beginning of the year is that there is truly a revival, a real revival, a move of God, a real true move of God at our doorstep, at our doorstep. Not way out there in the distance that someday we hope for, but something that we have been praying for and seeking for many years. And I really believe the Lord said it's at your doorstep. There is a new move of, of God coming to us. There's a new move of God coming to the earth. In fact, in many places it is happening there's a new fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit coming upon God's people. And I believe you and I, I believe we as a church, we're called to be a part of it. Amen? And the Holy Spirit said to me, it's right in front of you. And as you step into it, I'm going to give you, does anybody remember, a new wineskin, right? In other words, God is teaching us now how to carry and contain the new wine of the Holy Spirit, the new move of the Holy Spirit that he's bringing to us. And I don't know about you, but I felt it this morning. We can see the evidence of his spirit moving in our midst. And um, many of you have been with us the first few weeks of the year, and I felt like when the Holy Spirit told me I'm giving you this new wineskin, and then he told me what it was, I was kind of like, that? Anybody remember what the Holy Spirit said? The new wineskin to be able to hold this new move of God is faith. I said, Holy Spirit, isn't faith like everything? That's not new. He said, right, but if you want a new, bigger move of God, you need a renewed, bigger amount of faith. Amen? And so what we're really focusing on as we read through the Word, especially these first few months of the year is developing our faith, okay? Now, today, I could have preached to you about faith from Genesis 12 and 13, because we read that uh, a few days ago, right? Genesis 12 and 13, we read about how, this is what I had originally planned to preach today, okay? How Abraham based, uh, acted based on a word from God, remember? God told Abraham to go, go, and that he was going to inherit the land of Canaan, right? And he acted based on that. But then we read in Genesis 12 and 13 that he was with his nephew Lot. And that Lot, instead of acting based on a word from God, he didn't really have a word from God except for Abraham's word from God, right? That, that, that'll preach right there. But... but he acted based on what looked good to him. Anybody remember where Lot decided to go live because it looked good to him? Sodom, as in Sodom and Gomorrah. As in, if you've never read that story, you might want to look into it. Lot thought Sodom looked like a good place to live. But pretty soon he found out it was not. See, Abraham acted in faith based on what God spoke to him, but Lot just acted based on his feelings. 
about what he saw and he thought that it looked good. Faith is always supposed to be over our feelings, right? The Bible doesn't say the just shall live by feelings. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. But I'm not preaching about that today. So you're going to have to go back and read and look into that for yourself because during our seven days of fasting and prayer, I really felt the Lord lead me in a direction that, that we're going to start today and it's probably going to take at least two or three or 17 Sundays to cover. We'll see how it goes. But I know for sure at least two Sundays we're going to really focus on this idea of how faith works, okay? How faith works. Just, I want you to just say, how, how does faith work? But before, speaking of a word from the Lord and acting on it, okay, we felt like last year the Lord gave us a word about him wanting to do something in Mexico. And, you know, that's near and dear to our hearts. I mean, uh, I was a missionary in Mexico, uh, a lot of family from Mexico and all that, okay? But we really felt like the Lord it was kind of drawing our attention back to Mexico, that he really wanted to do something and use us to do something in Mexico. So, um, you guys, we're going to take some steps of faith towards that. I want to ask, who misses Felicia? Come on, Miss Felicia, come on up. Felicia's going to share about how we're going to act on that word from the Lord about what he's going to do in Mexico. Yeah, so how many of you guys are excited about Mexico? Anyone? I'm telling you, I was so excited when I was in Burundi and I got a message from Pastor Liz about this word of the Lord about going to Mexico, specifically a place called Nuevo Casas Grandes. And so as soon as I heard about it, it started stirring in me and then I got all these words about Mexico that God was speaking. So God is speaking over this nation and we're going to go there, and you know what? This morning, it's going to look like what this morning was, but citywide, where people are going to go from death to life. Prodigals are going to come home. The sick will be healed. The bound will be set free. And it's not going to be just one church. We're uniting all the churches in this city to come together to prepare a mass gospel crusade. Hallelujah. And the Lord has spoken. He said he's given us the keys to the city. So we're going to bring the kingdom of God to that city. And we're going to see thousands saved. Thousands saved. It's going to be powerful. And we're really excited because Encounter Church, you're going to come be a part of this crusade. And not only that, on Saturday, it's a four-night crusade. And on Saturday during the day, you're going to help do a citywide kids encounter. Because God spoke that he wants the next generation. The keys, the next generation. So we're going to go, we're going to bus all the kids from the city in, and we're going to do a massive kids encounter, and we're going to see the next generation encounter God in a powerful way. So if you're interested, we have an interest meeting downstairs. I've, we've made these nice packets for you. We're going to go over all the details, costs, things like that. So just stay after service for a little bit downstairs in the basement, and come tune in, find out more. Right. Thank you, Felicia. She doesn't live here permanently, but she is still very much a part of everything we do, right? I'm so excited that we get to work together with Felicia to do this crusade. So, yes, if you're interested in going to Mexico with us in the summer, after the service is over, just meet us down in the basement. We won't keep you more than 10 or 15 minutes. We just kind of want to let you know uh, what that looks like. Who wants to know how faith works? 
Tia, do you want to know how faith works? But like how it actually works. Dan, do you want to know how faith works? Have you ever just thought like, I want a faith that actually works, right? Not just positive thinking or wishful thinking. Not just, well, I had faith, but nothing happened. Who wants a faith that actually gets results? I don't know about you, but I want my faith to get something done. How does faith work? Like I said, this is the first of, of at least two, probably more than that, that we're going to talk about how does faith actually work. How can we live a life of faith that actually gets something done? Okay? Before that, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 8. This is uh, one of the chapters that we read uh, not too long ago in our daily Bible reading plan. Uh, it was probably over a week ago now because we were going to be looking at this last Sunday except Snowmageddon. So... We're going to go ahead and look at it today. We're going to go to Matthew 8, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Are we ready? Uh, now, if you're new to Encounter Church, you'll learn quickly. When we read through the scriptures, if I pause, you say it out loud, okay? If I pause, you say it out loud. Um, and, of course, you can go in your own Bible to Matthew 8, or we have it here on the screen for you. We're going to read verses 1 through four. Who's ready for the word of God today? We ready? All right. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said. Uh-oh, it looks like the leper knew who Jesus was. He didn't call him Jesus. What did he call him? Lord. If you are... Say what? The, the, the leper said, Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am. Jesus reached out and, and said, I am what? Willing. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anybody about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who've been healed of leprosy. And this will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. Come on, somebody. The results of the gospel in our life ought to be more than just our big mouth. More than just running our mouth. Now, we need to use our big mouth to tell the gospel, right? But when God does something in our life, there ought to be a public proof of it, right? A public testimony. But I'm not even talking about that today. 
Today we're talking about how faith works. All right, I ask again, who wants faith that actually gets some results? Well, today I'm going to give you three A's, okay? I'm going to give you three A's because just that's just my way. Today, as part one of this, I'm going to give you three A's of how faith works. And the first one, step one, somebody say step one. Step one is to ascertain. Ascertain. What do you see in that word ascertain after the A-S? Certain. Okay. The first step in truly walking in faith that works, that gets results is to ascertain. Ascertain what? We must first ascertain. Anybody know what? The will of God. We must first ascertain the will of God. Back to the scripture. The leper said, Lord, if you are willing. And then Jesus said, I am willing. In other words, Lord, is it your will? Jesus said, yes, it's my will. Okay? The first step of faith is to ascertain the will of God. What does it mean to ascertain? To ascertain means to become certain of. It, we first, before we could ever truly exercise faith, we've got to find out And understand the will of God. Like I said about Abraham, God revealed his will to him. Go, and I'm going to give you the land of Canaan and all that. And then he did it. Abraham didn't just decide to go do something just because he felt like it. He first found out and settled within his heart The will of God for him. See, faith starts with the will of God. Can we be certain of the will of God? Yes. This is something that a lot of people get wrong. Oh, we can't really be certain because... God's ways are higher and his thoughts and all that. Yes, yes, indeed. There are some things we don't get revealed, don't get revealed to us. But let me tell you this. What has been revealed to us about his will, you better believe it's certain. It's certain. It's for sure. Okay? There's a major error that a lot of people commit. And I'll be the first to say, I've done this before. We start trying to have faith without doing the first step. We miss the first step. We skip the first step. And instead of finding out the will of God, we just start to believe God for what we want. The leper first had to discover Jesus' will. Right? That's why he said, are you willing? Jesus said, I'm willing. The will of God. I know this is kind of a big, huge thing. Just hold your horses. It's going to take today and more weeks to really get our our, our mind and our, our spirit around it. But we're going to, okay? Find out and understand the will 
of God. Because I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've done this, and I've seen a lot of Christians do this, and it's really, really off. We do this. Well, whatever happens must have been the will of God. Whatever happens is God's will, right? There's a purpose for everything. The Bible actually doesn't really say that. I mean, sort of, but not exactly. Not the way the world says it. Everything that happens is the will. Well, I prayed. So whatever happened after I prayed just must have been the will of God. Has anybody ever said that or thought that? Wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. (laughs) I've said that and I've thought that before. It's wrong to assume that just because something happened... That that was what God wanted to happen. Well, I prayed and I believed. How presumptive we are to think that maybe we didn't get it right. Sometimes we pray and then whatever happens, the results we sort of assume that that is the will of God. But I look at the results and I go, I don't think that's God. It doesn't look like his word. And even though I did pray, that doesn't necessarily mean that what happened was exactly what God wanted to happen. Are you guys okay out there? Some of you are like, "Mm." some of you are like, "Mm." (laughs) this goes against the grain of our religious thinking. Yes, Almighty God is sovereign. He is uninhibited by anything that happens. His sovereign, well, there are things about His sovereign will that shall come to pass. Let me tell you, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That is the sovereign will of God. It is going to happen. The kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdom of our God. It is going to happen. Jesus is coming back. It is going to happen. But there are a lot of things in life, and we can read it throughout Scripture, that the people of God, and they're the people of God, and we're the people of God, we're not always experiencing the full will of God, even though it is His will. I want you to say this, and it might hurt to say it, but just say it. Results don't always reveal the will of God. Maybe this will help you. We can't even pray correctly until we discover the will of God. And a lot of times we're praying and we're thinking that we're believing God. And God's like, My will, I would love to show you what I want. (laughs) I would love to reveal to you my will so you can pray the right way, right? But sometimes we're praying and believing for things that aren't necessarily the will of God. Let's just continue with this. Biblical faith 
Not faith, like we were singing, I was singing in our pre-service huddle. Got to have faith, the faith, the faith. I got to have. Wait, where are my 80s folks? <laughs> Baby. Okay, not that kind of faith, the faith, the faith, all right? Because that's more just like, ooh, just believe positive things, right? Now, it's good to believe positive things, don't get me wrong. But biblical faith, real faith, faith the way God, what, what God, when God says faith in his word, what he means is always based on his will. True biblical faith must always be based on the will of God, not just my ability to believe God for whatever I want. This is a good question to ask ourselves. Have I consulted God's will before I pray? Or do I just pray? Remember Jonah? He knew the will of God and he prayed. But he didn't first fulfill the will of God. He didn't first experience the will of God. Thank God for the whale. But that wasn't the first. That, wasn't the, that was not plan A, y'all. <laughs> plan A was go to Nineveh and tell him to repent. Because he had prepared for Nineveh to repent. If you find yourself in the proverbial belly of a whale, you might want to go back and check on the will of God. I'm sure little old Lot, sitting in Sodom, with all the perversion around him and the violence around him and all that, I bet he sat and thought, I probably should have asked God rather than just going somewhere that looked good. Rather than just making a decision based on my feelings, I should have consulted the will of God. Somebody say the will of God. Come on, turn to somebody and poke them and say, you got to ascertain. Turn to somebody else and poke them and say, you got to be certain. We've got to get certain. Now, this is, this is, this is going to help you. This is going to help you. Ready? Let's not misuse our faith. So many Christians, me included, I've done it. We misuse our faith because we skip step one. And we just would like God to do something so we have faith for it. And then we wonder, God, why aren't you paying any attention to me? And God's like, well, buddy, did you consult my will first? Because we're not allowed to have faith for things that aren't God's will. It's not how it works. When Jesus, when the disciples came to Jesus and he said, Master, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray like John the Baptist's disciples pray. Teach us to pray. He said, okay, pray like this. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done before he told them they could ask for anything. Before they could ask for their daily bread and provision and protection and deliverance and all of that. Before, they, before Jesus said you can ask for any of this, first it's my will. To pray properly, we need to be aware and have settled in our heart the will 
of God. How important is it to have a word from the Lord and to not just go through life with every whim, with every feeling, with every little Sodom that looks good. We need a word from God. Now, don't go mystical on me. Hello. Here's every word. God's will is not hidden. Hold on, we'll come back to that. Jot this down. Okay, so I just told you Matthew 6. Okay, Matthew 6.10-ish. Your will be done, and then give us this day our daily bread and everything else, right? First, his, his will. Misquoted scripture. Matthew 18, 19, and 1 John 5, 14. And there's a list of more of them, but I'm just going to give you those two, and you can go look up more. Misquoted and taken out of context so often by believers. Got any believers? This may hurt like it hurt me. We know the scripture that says, you can ask for anything. And it will be done by my heavenly father. And we skip the part where he said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you can ask anything. And it'll be done by my heavenly Father. Uh-oh. The will of God was first. The word of God remaining in us was first. Before we got, we don't even know what to ask for if we don't know the word. And then we ask for all kinds of goofy stuff because we don't know. Another one, another one is uh, uh, those scriptures I told you to jot down. If we agree, if two or more agree on anything, touching anything, hallelujah. Come on, touch somebody and say, touching anything. Because that's how people, we get so silly. So silly. We touched and agreed. Woo! What, what did you touch? I hope it was the will of God. Because if I touch the will of God and agree with others, there's multiplied power in prayer. But the part we skip is when Jesus said, if anyone ask anything according to my will, the Father will hear him and the Father will do it. If any of you agree touching anything according to my will, the Father will hear it and it will be done for you. Now, not every single scripture uses the phrase according, phrase according to my will. Some of them do. But all of them are in the context of Jesus' teaching about the will of God and remaining in the word of God. It's always the word. It's always the will of God. This is the deal. Until I have settled the issue of God's will, I won't even know what to ask for. I won't know what to believe God for until I've discovered and settled, until I have ascertained, until I've become certain of the will of God. Now, this is, this is we got to be careful that we don't assume 
that we can just use our faith for whatever. It's not magic, y'all. It's not magic. It's not if I do step one, two, three, poof, magic. It's, how, it's not how it works. And it's not, I can just use my faith for whatever I want. I should never assume that God needs to honor anything I desire that's outside of his will. Let's not assume that God is obligated to honor our desire for something that's not in his will. We first have to find out God's will so we can even know what to ask for. Say, Pastor Hunter, you're repeating myself. Yeah. Keep coming. Because this is something so many Christians skip. And then we, we, we ask for things we shouldn't ask for. We believe for things we shouldn't believe for. But even more, we don't ask for things we ought to be asking for. And we don't believe for things we ought to be believing for. Because we miss step one, consulting the will of God. And the good news is, we can know the will of God. God, God has not hidden his will from us. That's why we insist on every word. That's why we're reading through the word of God together. Not just this year. This year we're doing the one year Bible. But at Encounter Church, we read through the Bible every single year. Right? If you've been part of a discipleship group, you know that. We do it all the time. We read through the word. Because the primary place, this is important, the primary place we discover the will of God is in his word. We can find out. We can discover. We can understand. We can ascertain the will of God. So here's something I want us to do. If you're not certain of the will of God, ready? If you're not certain of the will of God, ready? Ready? Find out. Find out. Sometimes we don't know the will of God because we haven't looked. We haven't consulted. I just don't know what God wants me to do with my girlfriend. Am I supposed to marry her or not? You'll find some answers in here. I don't know if, I'm just not sure if the Lord wants me to give my tithes. I mean, I, I, want, him to, I want him to prosper me and stuff, but I've been sick for so long, I'm not sure if it's God's will to heal me. I can't break this addiction. Is I, I just don't. Maybe maybe I'm just made this way. Say ascertain. Am I the only one, or has anybody else ever skipped that step of faith?
Ready for step two? I promise we will come back to that in the coming weeks, okay? Because there's a lot more to it. Although it's pretty simple. If you don't know the will of God, you can find out. We have every word and we have the spirit of truth. Listen, I've experienced this. I know what the word says, but I'm not sure I understand it. Spirit of truth, you said, Jesus said you'd lead me into all truth. I want to understand the will of God. He'd like to do that for you. That's what he does. Find out the will of God so you can know what to do with number two. Number two is ask. Ask. You know, when we read Matthew 8, it, it's not, again, it's not, it's not, it's, again, it's not a formula step. One step, two step, three step, four. There's at least four steps that I'm going to share with you, but not today. Okay. But it doesn't always go like in exact order. Okay. When we read Matthew 8, it's more like a blob of faith. <laughs> okay. And, but it says that the man with leprosy approached him. Listen. The leper didn't come to Jesus. It says he, he approached him and he knelt before him. The leper didn't come to Jesus just trying to gain knowledge. Is, is it God's will to heal lepers? Like Christians do. I know everything about God's will, but I don't experience it. He didn't come to just find out if Jesus could heal him or wanted to heal him. He came to get healed. <laughs> right? And the problem is, Sometimes we do know what God's word says, so we know his will. Come on, somebody. Many times we do know what God's word says, so we do know his will. But we fail to take step two and actually ask for it. Can you think of an example when you knew what God's word says, but you didn't take the time or the step or have the trust to actually ask God for what you see in his word? I have. People do it all the time. I know the word of God says I can be healed. Are you asking him to be healed? I know what the word of God says about God wants to prosper me. It is his will to provide all of my needs. Am I asking him for my daily bread, like Jesus said, right? Am I asking him for my provision? I know God wants to use me to save souls. It's his will. I see it. The Holy Spirit came upon me so I can share the gospel with others. Are you asking God to use you or just assuming that, you've, that that might happen somehow? Everything we see in his will, we need to ask for it. We need to ask for it. James 4.2 says, we don't have because we don't ask. Jot it down. Go look it up. James 4.2. We don't have because we don't ask. Obviously, he was referring to things that are in the will of God. So is it possible that there can be some things in the will of God that are there for me, but I'm not living it, I'm not experiencing it because I haven't asked for it? Yes, absolutely. 
Jesus said, and we're going we're gonna to really break this down in the coming weeks. This is Matthew 7, 7. He said, ask and you will receive. Like everybody knows that scripture. Right? How about this one? Don't ask and you will not receive. Even if it's the will of God. Even if it's the will of God. It's funny how you can feel in the spirit when people are struggling with something. Some of you are struggling with this concept. You are not a robot predestined and everything's already just decided. It's very clear in the word of God. We have free will. And not only that, God wants to bless people, but not everybody gets blessed. It's not because he doesn't want to. It's not because it's not his will. How many times does God have something for me? And because I don't ask, I don't receive. If it were all just the will of God, Jesus would have not said ask and receive. Jesus would have just said receive. It's all planned out and all, everything's already decided anyway, so just receive it. Just go with the flow. Sorry if that burst any bubbles. Let it pop. Well, God already knows everything we need. You better believe it. Does he know everything we need? Jesus said it. <laughs> the Father knows all you have need of. Seek first the kingdom of God. Uh-oh. Seek first the kingdom of God. In his righteousness, there's the will of God. Right? God knows everything. God knows everything we need, but does everybody have everything they need? No. God knows everybody needs salvation and has provided it. But does everybody get saved? No. Ask and you shall receive. Don't ask and you shall not receive. It's not all who just know Jesus died for them. It's all who call on the name of the Lord that shall be saved. Jesus taught a lot about asking and so did James and some of the other apostles. Because... We get these lofty theological ideas that are so useless, that get nothing done. Does God know everything you have need of? Does that mean you're going to get it? Not necessarily. James goes on to say, sometimes we ask for the wrong things. That's why we don't get anything. <laughs> or we don't, we don't get the right things because we don't ask for the right things. 
kind of important to know the will of God first, right? Jesus said that we have to be childlike, right? This is the deal. God already knows what we have need of, but faith actually trusts God and asks him for what we, he says we can have. Let me say that again. God knows everything we have need of, but faith actually trusts God enough to ask him for it. God, you said I can have this. Can I have it? This Christmas, you know, my kids love music, and Oliver is just becoming, I don't even know how to describe it. Music is, music is my life, Mom. That's what he says, right? <laughs> He's seven, y'all. And I said, look, you, you need to learn, you need to learn music. If you love music and you want to play music, you need to learn music. And I'd love, to, I'd love for you to learn music. I'd love for you to learn many instruments. Maybe you could learn to play the guitar. So my will for him was clear. I want you to learn music, right? We talked about it first. May and to, but to, to learn guitar, you're going to need a guitar. Can I have a guitar? Yes, you can have a guitar. Can I have an electric guitar? <laughs> Why is he asking me? Because he knew I wanted him to learn. He knew my will. Yes, you can have an electric guitar help us all. Especially Liz. Can I have a turquoise electric guitar? Because that's my favorite color. Guess what he got for Christmas? A turquoise electric guitar. Okay? Why? He knew my will was for him to learn the guitar and that he needed a guitar to learn. So he, but he asked for it. And he didn't ask just once a day. <laughs> Every day until he got it. And he wasn't asking like doubting he was going to get it. Because we're about to get to number three. He knew he was getting an electric guitar for Christmas. In fact, there, would, there was some discipline necessary that, that was like, if you don't change your attitude, uh, that might be withheld for a bit, young man. But he knew he was getting it. He, he saw the box. That long box, that's my guitar. <laughs> this is the deal. And we're going to, again, like, we're going to continue to develop this a lot. The will of God asking. We're going to go into seeking and knocking and all that, okay? But this is the deal. <laughs> Number three is not step three. It's more like how to do step two, all right? I'm, I'm getting there. You ready? Step one is we've got to ascertain the will of God. We've got to find out and understand the will of God. 
Step two is when we know what the will of God is, what his word says, what the Holy Spirit's speaking to us, confirmed by his word, we've got to what? Ask for it. But how should we, number three, how should we act when we ask? Oliver didn't have a doubt in his mind that daddy was able to buy him a turquoise electric guitar. He knew I could. At least he thought I could. And we got her done. All right. But it wasn't ever, uh, it wasn't ever like, dust thou, Father, have fifth enough finances to buy me my guitar for Christmas. It was, Daddy, can I have it? Yes. Can I have it for Christmas? It's Christmas. I can't tell you that. It's a present. Oh, I'm getting it. And he probably told some of y'all, I'm getting an electric guitar for Christmas. Did he tell anybody? Because he knew, he knew this. He knew I could. He knew I was able. The leper said to Jesus, if you're willing, you can heal me. You can. He had an attitude about it. It wasn't, oh, Lord, if thy thou be willing, if it be thy will on poor old me. He said, Lord, if it's your will, you can. You can. Come on, somebody say, my God can. Come on, get, get a little bit of attitude with it. Come on, tell somebody, my God? Tell, tell them, I don't know about yours, but my God, he can. Come on, turn to somebody else and say, mi Dios, si puede. How should we act when we ask? Once, listen, once we've settled the, the matter of the will of God, once we've discovered the will of God in his word and we listen to the Holy Spirit and he shows us what his will is for us, right? Once we've got that settled, we got to ask. But when we ask, how do we ask? The leper didn't say, you might, you should, I wish you would. I'm not sure if you can. No, he said, you can. The, listen, this is so important. The leper wasn't trying to figure out if Jesus could heal him. He was just trying to figure out if Jesus wanted to heal him. I feel like I ought to say that again. The leper didn't approach Jesus wondering if he could heal him. He just needed to know if Jesus wanted to. If it was his will. That's why he said, are you willing? <laughs> Jesus said, I'm willing. The right attitude when we ask and, important, after we ask, when we ask and after we ask, the right way to act is that you can. 
The right way to act towards him is you can. The right way to act towards the situation is my God can. There is nothing impossible for him. In fact, one of his attributes that only he has is omnipotent. Everybody say omnipotent. Now, we normally say omnipotent means all-powerful, and it does. But do you know, uh, I don't know, if, I don't know if, we, if we have the word on the screen, but I want you to think of the word omnipotent, okay? It's omnipotent. Pot means able. It means he is not just all-powerful. He is completely able. There's nothing, there's a song, there's nothing my God cannot do he's omnipotent he's omni able he's absolutely totally integrally completely able to do whatever his will is he's willing to do it on your behalf and he's not only willing you should ask him for it and not only should you ask him for it you should actually believe he can and will do it for you He can. He is willing. When we know God's will, when we know it and we ask for it, we ought to act like he's able. But I know, again, I'll confess, I've prayed, I know you can do this. And then I go back to the situation and I don't act like God's able. I act defeated. You, do, have you ever known God can do this? It's in his will. It's in his word. I ask him for it, and I believe in the moment, and then I walk back and I look at it, and I don't act like, I just act like that thing's going to defeat me. Say, so, well, the mountain hadn't moved yet, but it's going to. That's not for me. That's from your words. You can, and you said it, and I believe you will. I've prayed to be healed, and I know God can heal me. Keep on asking, baby. But act like he can. I've prayed to be delivered. I've prayed for a miracle in my finances for so long. And maybe, maybe you really truly believe he can. In the face of that, how are we acting? I don't mean being prideful and prepotent. No, no. What we believe, we're going to speak it. Maybe rather than saying, I'm so deep in debt, you ought to say, God is setting me free from debt. I'm so sick and in such pain. That may be true. But rather than saying that, we ought to say what the word of God says. Surely he carried my infirmities in his own body and by his wounds I am healed. But I don't feel, but I don't feel like it yet. Some of you are getting faith to be healed today. I felt that in worship that there was faith being stirred up to be healed. Okay? There's faith being stirred up to be, to be legitimately delivered and set free from an addiction. Or from like, some of you have believed that depressed is your personality. Depression is not the will of God. It is the will of God for you to have joy. 
You can ask for it, and you can receive joy today. We've got to act like he can. Come on, I'm not being silly. Just tell somebody, my God can. He's able. I want you to think about that situation that seems impossible. Think of, just get it in your mind. Sickness, a relationship, a debt, an impossible situation. Just think about it. And I want you to think about the omnipotent one. Come on, I want you to speak in the spirit to that situation right now and say, my God can. Oh, that wasn't good enough. You need to look at it. You need to look at it square in the eye. Look at that debt. Look at that disease. Look at that impossibility. Look at it. Whatever it is, just look at it square in the eye. Maybe you want to close your eyes. And I want you to tell in the spirit. I want you to tell it. My God is able. Now, when you leave this place today, act like it, even if nothing's changed yet. Well, I've been confessing for two years. Confess for two years in a day. Whatever it takes, y'all. Are y'all okay? It's time to be done. Let me just say this. What an insult to the omnipotent God <laughs> when we prayer, prayer, pray, prayer, prayer. <laughs> it's time to be done. When we pray prayers that limit his ability. What an insult to our loving father when we pray prayers questioning his will that's already been revealed to us. When he already said, this, this is my will, this is what you can have. This is what you're allowed to ask for. How insulting to go, God, if you're willing. No, he's like, why, why are you doing, I'm willing. I already told you. But God, if you can, another, another, uh, I don't know if it was a leper, I can't remember. Another sick person said, Jesus, if you can. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? to change that up a little bit. No, I can. Whew, I feel it in the spirit. Some of you guys are on the brink of breakthrough, but you've got to ask for the will of God, and you've got to ask in faith, y'all, because that's, that's how it works. We've got to act like our God can and believe that he will. God's able to perform his word and fulfill his will. Hello? Do I believe it enough to ask and act like it? All right, just to, just to, just to, just to bring it all together. Ready? We first find out or we ascertain God's will. Once we know what God's will is from his word and by the Holy Spirit, what do we do? We ask for it. And when we ask, how do we act? Like he's able to do it for us because that's how faith works. That's how faith works. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.